This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Woo! He now rocking with One Nation Radio. Welcome to the program. Woo! James Boy, Richard Ladder, and a couple friends. Yeah. With the show for your wrestling needs. Shopping out the rest of the IWC. We gon' tell her how it is. We gon' shoot from the hip. Wow. If they putting out trash, we gon' rip from the bitch. Make sure that you tweet us and you rate the shows. Tell a friend to tell a friend I'll let Let's get it on the road. Hey. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. One Nation Sports. Welcome to One Nation Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Rich Latta and James Boyd. And thank you for listening. Welcome to the August 10th edition of One Nation Radio. James, what's going on, man? Not too much. Just might have to cut a promo on Publix, your old, your former employer. But other than that, we're, we're good. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah, it's almost coming up on two years since I've been I've been out of there. About 11 days. So why I still know the date, I don't know. Old place going to hell since, since you left. You know, not you're, getting over like, anymore. You're like... You're like the CM Punk of Publix. <laughs> Come um, back. Yeah. Um, and joining us today is young boy Josh Smith. What's going on, Josh? What's up, guys? How's it going? Grand entrance. Glad to be on the show. I don't have anything catchy to say this time. Wait, that's all you have to say, Josh? You don't have to say thanks for like the ledge. catchy to say this time. You don't have to say, like, you know, thank you for allowing you back on the show, James, even after you try to take my job. Like, <laughs> nothing, nothing, just like, hey, I'm just, yeah, what's up, guys? Like, All right, see how it is. I, pre- I prescribed to the WWE method of, uh, you know, booking. We just kind of throw that stuff under the rug. It doesn't need to really be addressed anymore. Just <laughs> pretend like it never happened. You know, uh, unless okay. they want to randomly pull up the WWE network and then have us remember stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, they can fuck right it, off with that. In, it fits in. Yeah, I man. thought about doing my best uh, imitation of Brian Alvarez and inviting everybody. Uh, you know, what does he say at the beginning of uh, uh, Wrestling Observer every time? He's always like, "Good afternoon, it's welcome to Wrestling Observer Radio, Brian Alvarez." I don't know, but we are really, like, wasting the listeners' times right now. <laughs> yeah, let's get to it, man. Uh, so let's talk about the... Uh, the what happens when you guys bring me on the show? Derailment, constant derailment. derailment. So, you like, so, like, you're the Stu Goss yeah. from the Dan Levitar show? <laughs> Unbelievable. So let's talk about the uh, the SummerSlam build, and uh, we can talk about the lack of star power on the SummerSlam card. Uh James, you came up with a lot of this stuff, so I guess we can start with you. Yeah, I mean, okay, so you look at the overview of the card, and I see a lot of John Cena in a match with, you know, the guy, like, the, I mean, the geek of the week, right? Yeah. Um, we, we have the title, the, the WWE title, and a match with a guy who doesn't deserve the belt going up against a guy that shouldn't have the belt yet. Probably, you know, uh, based on the way they, uh, based on how long he's been in the company or up on the main roster, uh, you have um, sort of sort of a, a weird type of comeback, you know, and a weird comeback story for 
um, redemption story for for Seth in these uh, in this tag match with uh, with D- partnering with Dean and uh, going to get going for the tag belts. Um, you have the New Day versus the Usos, which is you know might even though like that's one of the best things they've done on TV the past uh, two months or so, best feud. Um, that might get dropped to the make to the uh, main, to off the main card to the pre-show. Um, Neville, who might be the best wrestler this company's had this entire year, uh, based on a, a sense of the total package of promo uh, protection and execution in the ring and on the mic, he's going to be on the pro on the pre-show for sure. Like so. You see, there's twelve. There's going to be like 13, 12, 13 matches, mm-hmm. and only one of them seems like a match that actually could be a anchor for WrestleMania, as opposed to a lot of SummerSlams, which there's there's two matches like that. Right. We're so, getting a six hour show for sure. Yeah. See, so basically, what you're saying is what is is like there's no part timers here. No, there is a part timer. <laughs> There, there is a part timer because his thing or not enough. They could have no. They have four guys. They have four guys in the main event, and they're suffering because they're putting four guys in their main event. I agree with they have that, to, but I they also don't have to. I, I would contend why because they don't know how to book, man. <laughs> Besides that, <laughs> okay. So I, I would I'm contend that I'm, they're listen, all just wrestling well, the wrong people. Rather than well, my it's not star power. We have stars on the show. No, my, my thing is this, right? Like, you can't... After what they've done... After the way they've turned around and made Seth a compelling a compelling babyface for the first time ever, in his whole run he's been babyface, um, people are just absolutely clamoring for, for, for them to be to, be back together as, you know, buddies or whatever. Um, yeah. The angle that they did, that they shot with Kevin Owens, AJ, and Shane, where it's like, that's the first time they've seen, like, back to being main main event big-time guys since probably since WrestleMania. And how fantastic the main event card, the, main, the build for the main event card for the matches and everything that's been in the, uh, the interconnections between all four of them. I can't say they don't know how to book because they've done some really, really good work these past two, three weeks. But... Okay. But... You look at the card, and I'm imagining for somebody that's not, um, that's a casual fan, the people that they desperately clamor to get to buy something like SummerSlam or buy the network for SummerSlam and for WrestleMania and any of their big four shows, then they make an extra hour long because they're the big shows. I only see one match that will grab you that way. So I'm trying to Which so match I'm, is that? the main event. Oh, yeah, obviously. I mean, I agree with you. I, you're right. They do know how to book, I think. It's that they choose not to book. It's just lazy booking at this point is what it really is. Because it's easy to do a four-way, you know? I mean, the only thing that's compelling about it is we don't know. Nobody knows who's going to win. But uh, aside from that, like, when you have four guys going at it, you don't have to manufacture an actual conflict between them that's going to draw. It's just drawing off the fact that these four guys are going to go at it. That's pretty much it. It's easy booking. Anybody can do that. But like the Joe Lesnar from last month, that was compelling booking, and that's that's what's lacking from this main event match. I mean, they're doing a good job with what they've done on TV, so I mean, I'm not knocking that, but it's just, it is so lazy to do a multi-man match as the main event. 
And also, like, there's not even the counterbalance of that. Like, the Nakamura Cena feud, or excuse me, Nakamura Jinder Mahal feud is, like, almost non existent. It's just like, yeah, he won a dream match to fight this dude. They did a sit down interview. Jinder wasn't involved at all with Nakamura this week. So, next week, are they going to get physical? Or are they going to cut promos against each other? Or are they going to simply take the, the easy way out and do a tag team match? You know, pitting uh, like Randy Orton and Jinder Mahal. Yes. On SmackDown, they're going to do a tag team match. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to put like Corbin and and Jinder together or something like that, or or maybe even um, Kevin Owens or Kevin Owens and Jinder and put them against uh, AJ and uh, and Nakamura. Like, I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen. Or they'll. No, that's probably what they'll do because I was going to say maybe they add Corbin, but then again, you don't want Corbin next to gender because, like, what what if he shoots, right? Why why are we thinking so? Why are we thinking so small, guys? When they could just do a six man tag. You're right. Well, that's what they I said. Could. Like, well, the issue is you don't. You probably don't want to do that because they can have like the whole thing of having gender and Corbin on, fighting on the same team together. And I was like, why would Corbin help this dude when he can cash in on him? Right. And why, would, and why would and why would gender trust that dude because he might cash in on him? They don't. They can tease the cash in the entire match. What if you're general when you just walk out the match? Sunday. Pull that bad news, Brown. That's what he does anyways. Well, no, just I out. mean, he has the goons there with him. So, uh, he didn't have them this week, but... He caught that L. Yeah. Um, I, I guess we should talk about that. Um... I saw it coming, like, when they booked the match. I was like, hmm, so it's just Jinder Maul versus Randy Orton, huh? And it's a grudge match, non-title. Orton's about to get this, these wins back. That's yep. what I thought, too. And, and I thought to myself, why in the world would you do that when this dude is struggling as it is to, like, put his shoulders on the mat? I don't get that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, I get it. I get it that, oh, you have to get Orton his heat back, give him some quote-unquote momentum to go back to to fight Rusev at random like Smackdown side like they have they have three matches that just seem like hastily slapped together for, for SummerSlam like their, their title matches like hastily thrown together uh, the Cena matches hastily thrown together and the, the Orton match is even worse yeah what a shame after after six months of such positive booking on that show following the freaking uh, draft last year how how far it's fallen it sucks yeah, and, 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 and it's, it's basically like um, the whole card's inverted and the wrong guys are wrestling each other. And it's like they're yeah. they're trying to shift the pieces closer back to where they should be. So hopefully around Royal Rumble, WrestleMania time, it all makes sense again. But knowing how they do it, they're just going to go in another fucking weird direction and de-emphasize everyone on SmackDown again. And then when the part-timers come back... They're going to get the scraps left for them, and then we're going to be like, "Oh, okay. so we wait, we basically wasted this whole year not doing a damn thing that ended up on WrestleMania." Well, everything's backwards right now because we've talked about this in the past. How during WrestleMania they book like they don't care about the fans; they just book for the part timers and just do their mega matches that they dream of. But this time of year is usually when they do the crowd friendly indie guys put over the guys that are you know full timers and they haven't really done that this year the way that they have in years past so I mean it's kind of not feeling the way that it generally does this time of year at all Yeah, I, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that like you know the, the saying um, 
the tide raises all boats, right? Well, I've been seeing that a lot lately. <laughs> well, if the top, well, if the tide is is General Mahal, then like it's it's, it's you know it's it's is you know it is literally it's going noon down, and and the water is, is as low as it could possibly be, just about. Um, so I, I don't know, man. Like it's a weird, it, it's a weird, really weird spot right now. And like the whole talk about the about SummerSlam usually is the Money in the Bank winner. Most years is the Money in the Bank winner is freshly minted about a month before to maybe like six weeks before. What how's that going to come into play for SummerSlam? Like you know, noble the notable example is <clears throat> Daniel is Daniel Bryan, Randy Orton, and Triple H in in the start of the decision angle, mm-hmm. but. Now, like gender is not gender. No one wants gender to be champion, or no one with, a, with the, that's watched this TV and say that dude deserves to be champion in comparison to the other guys on the roster. And then you look at the guy that could like cash in, and like he might actually be worse as of right now. Yes. Yep. Like this is this it's, it's like, not a cause for excitement at all because no. we know these main events are, are probably destined to stink uh, until like another minimum like four, three months at this rate you know it's, but that's, that's but that's my problem is is generally speaking even though the road to Wrestlemania can be awesome sometimes the way they book it it just ends up being co- like so convoluted and sucking because they're trying to make those mega matches that nobody not that people don't want to see them, but the so way no one's asking for those, it, right? Nobody's asking for them, and they just tend to do that the last three or four years around WrestleMania time. So it's like it's wishful thinking on our part that oh, by by Royal Rumble, look at things right. It's like no, it's probably gonna be worse. And I don't mean to be pessimistic like that. There's not, and I mean we talked about it before the show. There's a lot of things that have been going on the last couple of weeks that you know we don't have to complain about. The shows actually have been better on a positive note, but yeah. at the same time, I don't I don't have optimism thinking that Royal Rumble is going to be better you know than it is right now at SummerSlam time I, I just don't yeah um, let's talk about Baron Corbin uh, we touched on him a little bit um, he got thrown in a few with John Cena this week uh, the crowd there was a uh, sign that said dumpster fire on it immediately social media lit up <laughs> immediately the crowd got to chanting immediately John Cena worked it into a promo and he basically eviscerated Baron Corbin called him skinny fat and just flat out <laughs> laid him down with like a paragraph like like a couple sentences it was like yeah Baron Corbin's a, a geek he is a loser. Uh, James, we were talking earlier, you brought it up, and I thought the same thing. The only thing he didn't tell him is that he was balding. And if he would have did that, he might as well have just gave the money in the bank briefcase to one of the fans and just walked out because <laughs> yeah. he would have been yeah, absolutely he finished. It, he could have just thrown it off to the universe. Yes. Yep. It, for, for, as, for as much flack as John Cena gets for quote-unquote bearing guys, which he really doesn't, where he does typically tend to outshine almost everybody and bury them is on the mic in almost every feud there's very few guys that can actually hang with him on that mic yeah um corbin's gonna have trouble being a main event wrestler a main event talker and it's just i don't know what they're really seeing in him aside from the fact that he's tall ish when he stood next to Nakamura, Ish. he was like an inch taller than, Nak- than Nakamura. It looked like maybe less than, maybe like a little bit more than that. And I'm just like, 
man, are they are they that starved for a big guy? Like, you can't just pull Drew McIntyre out of NXT and, like, he's better in every single way? Like, like <laughs> what is it about Baron Corbin? Like, because, you know, I've heard, you know, I was talking to Dave Fenichel. What up, Dave? And he told me that, he, in his opinion, that Corbin has overperformed on pay-per-view. And aside from the Kalisto match, I don't really have much to really point to. I disagree with that. I would say in NXT, he looked like a giant. But because all the dudes are five ten. You put him against. <laughs> yeah, but in, on the main roster against sixty percent of the roster, he's as tall as him, or or not even. And uh, one thing I will say about Baron Corbin was I remember seeing him on Talking Smack when he was unscripted. Mm-hmm. And he was great on the mic. I think he's just probably not. And maybe that's just a one example, but uh, from from reports, they say that backstage people tend to see something that like he's a potential star from his uh, demeanor and his uh, character backstage. I don't know. That's just what I've read or heard. But uh, you know, he's probably just not good at scripted promos, just like a lot of the roster. It's not. But the, the thing for me is right when you talk about like he looked like a giant fighting against all the all of the five foot nine white guys in NXT but <laughs> like for me it's like Samoa Joe is a monster in NXT fighting Finn yeah. Balor and Nakamura and he's on the main roster and right now he's a badass killer um, you look at another example Kevin Owens Kevin Owens came in and looked like a monster hill that was out that, you know that, that dashly monster hill that, that was doing all types of garbage and it's so hateable and he fought Finn Balor and he fought uh, Sammy and he gets the main roster and he's still a brawler he's still a brawling badass that does you know ridiculous that does ridiculous stuff for a guy his size his, his body type so like at what point do we say the whole thing of yeah obviously you're fighting bigger guys you're not gonna look as much of a badass like when does that go away when you see two clear examples pointing to the opposite of that uh, I don't know, yeah, man. That's, that's not a good as point. Good as, as, yeah, it's, you're, you're absolutely right. He's not as good as those guys. I mean, no one True. here is an, an apologist for uh, Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not going to find much Baron Corbin sympathy this way. But um, yeah, so we, well, you guys like to hear the recap from uh, Cage Size Seats on that segment? Sure. Okay. Yeah, sorry, not recap review. Somebody go pick up Baron Corbin's soul. I'm pretty sure John Cena just snatched it from his body. That's how per- that's how perfectly, of course. But this felt like one of those promos where the trash talk will stick with the recipient for the re- for the entirety of his career. Corbin may not be able to outrun being called a skinny, fat, loud mouth, overrated dumpster fire. Even if they just even if they just latch on to these last two words, it feels like a devastating blow to his ability to be thought of in any other way especially true if he ends up uh if he ends up that way that he can only be where he currently is like this a uh, one-trick pony like dude this is like is this do or die I for said, him at SummerSlam? dude he has to have he has to have a, a big performance and, and like it has to be like can't be out here bear hugging motherfucker for for the start of the match and kill the crowd like he's gonna have to like put on a match similar. He got put on, put on a performance similar to 
if I remember correctly, the NXT Brooklyn uh, match with Samoa Joe. Like, I really like that match. It's a big, nice, mean, big man match. He needs to have one of those where he comes out and and and, be, and is aggressive with Cena. Put the beats on him. Yeah, but he got carried. He got carried. Not that Cena can't carry a guy. We all know he can. But I don't know, man. You know, Cena. He's getting ready to go to Hollywood. I don't see this being a great match or or anything like that. I don't think it needs to be a great match. I think it needs to be a solidly well. I think it needs to be a solid performance, though. I think it needs to be good. Like he has to show something to where like fans will just be like, "Yeah, he's he's absolutely a dumpster fire." Like how Cena in that sign said, right. Like I think, like if if, if, they, if they can get to like three and three quarters, like I think they that would be the best case scenario for Corbin and Cena. Uh, will they get there? I don't know. Nah. Yeah, probably not. Not no three and three quarters. And the worst part is like they desperately need he desperately needs one of those performances that actually like look like he's somebody because we all think he's gonna lose. Yeah. Yeah. But, the, but it doesn't matter in WWE's booking eyes because he's going to win the title. <laughs> yeah. Let's that's talk. the way they book. That's you know, true. That's exactly. absolutely true. Let's talk about... And then, um, and then sometimes when you have the title and you are in a non-title match, you're definitely going to lose. Like, it's it's backwards. Let's talk about um, the the all the folks that basically got repositioned and debuted after SummerSlam. Um, or excuse me, after WrestleMania, and check on their progress now. I guess how do you want do you want to grade these folks? Like give them an A, a B, a C. Well, well who yeah, we, who are we talking about? yeah, like okay, so the guys, the people that pretty much either re, or re- returned, debuted, or um, or got or got noticeable obvious pushes. That's after WrestleMania, leading up to now, and then you grade it. Like we're not necessarily grading. People, these like were there. Uh, we're pretty much great in their standing and their execution of their of what they've done since they've been up. Not necessarily like what we think of them. For for example, like I think Joe is a plus. Like if I were to say, given the totality of where he's been, I would probably give him something like a C plus B minus because they were so uneven with him. So, right. um, so like, where do you want to start, Rich? I guess we can start with Samoa Joe. I mean, um, okay. if, if you look at him, you know where he came from. He got pretty much bumped off the WrestleMania card in favor of Triple H. And um, I think he's come back, you know, at, after initially kind of being de-emphasized. And he lost the match to Seth Rollins on pay-per-view, which no one remembers anymore. Um, and I think he's done about as good as you can once they were like, hey, you you go in there and uh, we're going to hand you the ball for a little bit. So I'll give him like a, uh, a, a B plus, maybe an A minus on that. For a guy... Who everyone who followed his career in TNA or on the Indies, who, who they all know how great Samoa Joe was, but following his career for the past couple of years prior to him coming to WWE, it didn't look like he would ever come to WWE. His product, like his character, deteriorated. His body deteriorated. His in-ring work, his passion, everything looked terrible, and he was never going to come to WWE. And then when he did come to NXT it was like this is a guy who's never going to get called up so the fact that he is where he is now and he was able to turn that around yeah that's an A plus in my book okay I think the B minus because they've been wishy-washy with him like so for example if we were going to say have they booked Ron Strowman this year for them like if like 
aside from if you don't give him an A plus, you could say the only reason why you don't give him an A plus is because of like how they basically screwed him from fast lane until after until like and then four weeks later after that. Like where I, I, so like for I me is like oh, like if you're gonna push somebody, be consistent with it. Like so for me, like he comes in first day and takes out uh it takes out Rollins or whatever and then he cuts the promos where he's basically like a hitman. I love that. And then it's yeah. like, all right, well where the hell is he for something for WrestleMania, right? Right. And then and then he comes back and he's thrown into the thing with Seth and he loses and then like he you know well, I don't know what happens after that. And then next thing you know, he's in the, he put him to the main event out of nowhere and he takes the ball and runs with it. Right. Like, so me, I, I felt like his code are incomplete. That's why I give it the B plus. I, I agree with you. But for me, uh, it's not so much the emphasis on the road getting there as much as where he is currently. Okay. And the fact, and the fact that he was so believable in that entire uh, feud with Brock. And then even after taking yep. the, the loss... He's still just as over as ever, if not more so. For me, maybe it's more. like maybe more. He's he's one of the only true stars they built, and maybe they were uneven in doing it. But the fact that he got himself over, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, he's one of the only guys that they truly built this whole year. That's actually a success oh, that's story. A, that. Yep. Yeah. That's 100 percent true. Um, let's go next to the modern day mediocrity, uh, Jinder Mahal. Um, shouts out to Chad. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna shout Chad out every when, time. He he came up with a great Ginger, nickname. When did he uh, debut? He basically uh, he was he wrestled on the night after WrestleMania. I want to say. Okay. Yeah, and he lost to uh, your boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Balor. Mm-hmm. Oh, Balor. That's right. And he like yeah. busted his head, and then like he went to SmackDown like the week after, or it was. Like the next week, it was something like that. It was like, yeah, he shows up the next week, and the very next week after that, he loses the Mojo Rally. Yep. And then next thing you know, like two weeks later, he's he's like he's a champion. Right. Yeah. But I'm trying to think here. Didn't he? Didn't he debut before WrestleMania? Because wasn't he in that yes. tag team with Rusev? Yes. And he and they're feuding against Cass and uh, Enzo. Yes. Yeah, he had been back for like he's been back for like about like eight over eight months now, right? Yeah. He he came back like last okay. year, after the uh, yeah. you know draft. So I, I guess I'll I'll go ahead and give my grade. I'll give uh, what are we rating it on again? Whatever, uh, you like yeah, well, well, basically like uh, more or less guys that got pushed, returned, or debuted after WrestleMania to from where they started the day they showed up to now. Like how well have they been pushed? I'll give him a execution. I'll give him a D plus. Mm. And I feel like that could be generous based on the fact that I thought he had one of the worst matches in the history of the business in the main event uh, <laughs> at Battleground 2017. His matches against Randy Orton just bored me to death. He cut the same promo approximately 5,922 times. 
he basically, um, you know, they've, they've used every smoke and mirror trick in the book for him to win every single one of his matches, including him defeating AJ Styles, which is absolutely fucking absurd after WrestleMania. He defeated Sami Zayn. He, he put him in the, in the ring with all these good workers, and it was just nothing but absolute mediocrity the whole time. Um, they can't get the title off him fast enough. I'll hand it to one of y'all now. Okay, um, so I'll go with a C minus, and I agree with everything you're saying, Rich. The only thing I will disagree about, well, you didn't say this, but I will say that Kendo stick match this past year was worse with uh, Alexa and, and uh, Bailey. Oh, that right. was bad That's, too. Right, but but here's the thing: but he didn't say it was the worst match he's ever seen. He said right. it was one of those. So for the fact right. that, like, if you're having one of the two. Uh, worst pay-per-view matches of the year that still counts all time bad and also I agree. Alexa I agree. Bliss and Bailey that match was 5 minutes that Punjabi Brison <laughs> was 30 minutes so you can put but, uh, 6 of those matches in, inside the Punjabi Prison what, where I'll go with, uh, with my rating with him is sure it's been terrible booking sure the matches haven't been that good but I'll give I'll give him some positive notes one even though that uh, the promos he's been cutting have been the same, and they've gotten actually worse lately than they were when he first started. A, his character's more compelling than it ever was in the past, ever before. B... Oh, no! 3 and B? Well, yeah. Dream, yeah. <laughs> um, B, he did have his best match that he's ever had, probably the second Randy Orton match, and sure, most of that's not due to him, but at least it's the best match he's ever had. But see, they elevated him to a level where once he loses the title, yes, I do think he'll probably drop off. But he's at least at the level where JBL was when he lost the title, where it's like, yeah, he'll probably never main event again. But he's never going to be bottom of the card ever again. So with that, they have elevated him to a level. I don't know. I think he'll probably plateau. But... He went from being literally a jobber on main event to the WWE champion, so I'd say C C minus. <sighs> um, and he's got our entire he, he had a whole entire crew of, of dudes on our board loving him and being complete gender apologist. So yeah, C minus. Well, luckily those dudes ain't around no more. But <laughs> go ahead. Uh, wow, wow. I, I I didn't come here for this. I, I did not come here for this. Um, you didn't yeah, come so, anywhere. We're on Skype. I didn't. I didn't come on Skype for this. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't open up my laptop for this. Uh, okay, so uh, okay, so everything about this entire push has been completely wrong and wrong-headed and it's made them no money and and it didn't and it didn't open and didn't get them into a bigger marketplace and and i mean it's another example of like people when old timers tell you that hot shotting does never ever works or almost has almost no historical track record of ever working for anyone um this as you add this to the list uh but at the same time like this is a dude that was like this era's like Brooklyn Brawler, very horrible situation. So like I understand that it's absolutely sus okay, that- and it was stupid for why it's done for why it's been done. But like 
this was a dude that was like lucky to be on Superstar. So like it kind of had to say like, a. <laughs> Like, would you rather? Here's the thing: Would you rather be on TV? His performance or would you is an not A. Be on TV? His performance is an A. Yes, compared to, he had enough. He had nothing performance. Look, I'm t- I'm I'm grading on the gender curve. I'm not grade. I'm not grading in a vacuum. I'm grading on a curve. I don't know, bro. All right. Okay. Which gen- you name me the other time? You name me the other time gender's ever been better. I, that's all I'm saying. Name me. The- Started when gender, when gender started this thing to where gender is now. Gender's in a better spot than it was absolutely in a million times better spot than he was then. Well, it's yeah. Sucked. I'm not. I'm not. Argue, I'm not arguing that it hasn't sucked, but he's in a better spot now. That's all I'm saying. A yeah. lot better. Well, spot. yeah, he's in a better spot. They they, they literally the picked the dude and made him the champion. I know. That has nothing to do with him. They what brought out the great Kali. <laughs> but what is the but what, but what is the what is the purpose of a push to elevate you? Right? Is he higher than he was right. before? No. No, he's not. Bro, nah, he's nah, still nah, the nah, same gender Mahal to ago. me, bro. I'm sorry, say again. He's still the same gender Mahal to me, bro. Yeah, he's he's hotter than he was a year ago. But okay, then. you also have, you also have to talk about the decline in over the past three months, four months, however long it's been. Like they literally like murdered the SmackDown brand from what it was. They could have. It it could be an A plus if they kept progressing him, but they Listen, didn't. They, it's been stagnant. If, this is what I'll say to you: If we're grading in a vacuum, it's an F. It's a, it's it's almost a zero. If we're grading on the gender curve, it's an A. That's all I'm saying. That's all I, I'm saying. I think that's why I just split the difference and said C C minus because I just yeah. want to split that difference. I don't, know, I don't know why y'all give me such hell over this. Like I'm clearly saying the dude's a failure. Like no, don't, don't get it my, fucked up. My biggest <laughs> problem with what you said was you said he was as like this generation's Barry Horowitz and uh, Brooklyn Bro, Brawler. In Lombardi, he'll, never, yeah. he'll never be as good as Vince Lombardi. You mean Steve Lombardi? You mean, you mean Steve oh my bad, Lombardi. Steve Lombardi. <laughs> He'll never Brooklyn be as good as Lombardi. Brooklyn Brawler is a way better worker than Jinder ever will be. Yeah, man. Like, well, my point was saying that they're career jobbers. Is all I'm really saying. I get it, but I just feel like that's offensive to the Brooklyn Brawler. <laughs> well, okay, fine. All right, fine. man. Let's go. Apo- to, apologies, to, apologies to, to Steve Lombardi. Let's let's talk about Finn Balor. Um, let's talk Steve, if you're out there listening. I, I, I know some um, some folks that think Finn Balor is absolute trash. Um, I know some folks that think Finn Balor is an absolute super duper star waiting to happen. I think they also I fall somewhere in the middle. So I'm gonna say, you know, since WrestleMania, obviously he was another guy that got left off of WrestleMania. Um, he kind of came back too late with his injury, but since he's come back, he's been kind of in a weird place. He's had to wrestle the Drifter. Um, he got left off a couple pay per views. Um, he got to work in one main event, but now he's stuck with Bray Wyatt, which is never good for a guy. Um, I'm going to give him a C, uh, just because it's like he's floated around and he's been consistent at this level, but there hasn't been anything where it's like, wow, this is terrible, but he hasn't had anything, any real moments where he was like, all right, aside from the match with Roman Reigns on Raw, where it was like, all right, he's ready to break out. It hasn't been his time. Mm. I'm going F. 
Absolutely. I'm going, I'm going D. Like, he's been fine on TV, but, like, this is the first Universal Champion. He hasn't got it. He had to go in a five way to get his, to go get his fucking rematch. Uh, then he's fighting the Drifter off, off pay per view. He, he, the, the thing that makes him um, such a commodity, like, he, they've kept him from doing it until, I get, I'm assuming, until SummerSlam. So, as of right now, he's been fine. He's like, it's not that old TV's been fine, but like, spent they gave they've like deep pushed him like yeah. they shoved they shoved him instead of pushed him so i'm gonna say yep. d i you know what based on the <clears throat> uh based on that five way and some of the points you guys made i'll i'll go d i'll go d but i mean when you go from beating roman reigns on on raw the year before you first go from being in. like first night in getting one of the biggest pushes ever in the history of WWE to wrestling the drifter to doing literally almost nothing and then yeah like you said he's in a he's in a uh, freaking program that's with Bray Wyatt and it's just the same program that he's been that Bray Wyatt's had a million times and it's gonna do nothing for him yeah 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 and yeah and he took the law he, he took the loss against Joe too he got choked out I mean I understand that it, it kind of prote- it protected everybody but at the same time like he hasn't done well. And it's yeah. not his fault. They de-pushed him, but he hasn't done well. The big problem in Japan. No, no, no. It what? is his fault that he's got de-pushed because he got hurt. When they don't, when when you're not one of those guys that they just have a magical like halo effect around that they think of right. you as like you're 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 a super duper mega star. You're the future of the company type. Like if you get hurt, it's your fault. Right. Yeah. Well, right. the thing is, is like over here. The way they built it from NXT, everyone just knows him as this Demon King character, and that's the problem. It's pigeonholed him. When when you look at his work in Japan, his promo work, it was yeah, he was a guy that wore paint to his matches, but it was that's not the character. It was just he was the character who just happened to right. dress up for special appearances. And that's not war- how it is in WWE. It was war paint as opposed to an actual persona. An alternate yeah. ego, or whatever. And, and that should exactly. like, it's either it's like I feel like either you gotta. It's, it's, I feel like either you have to do it all the time or do it never, because the wishy washy shit just leads us to like, like how do you cut promos as a demon king? Like what the fuck is that? Like, I just, <laughs> like, like, like James, yeah, like what the fuck is uh, war paint? Like what the fuck works. is word life? Like is is the same shit. <laughs> Yeah, I love I love Thugonomics, John Cena. <laughs> oh man, I, I did, yeah, but yeah, Balor's like in a strange place. I think he's gonna have to try to regain his momentum, but he's he needs to get to SmackDown fast. I think think like you were talking about his uh about his debut and how big of a push it was. Like it absolutely was. Like first night in. Beast half the male ro- beast half the, the male roster. Beast number one, their number one guy in the company. Then Beast the number two guy in the company at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. And then like he comes back and like you're not on pay per view. Your your pay per view match will be on Raw the next night against the Drifter. Yeah. Like damn. Like damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're giving um, that that Sammy uh, treatment. Let's talk about Alexa Bliss. Um, so, Alexa Bliss has been the Raw Women's Champion since payback. She took the belt off of Bailey, and, you know, 
she came from SmackDown where she was the champion. She she's the first woman to win uh, both belts. Um, a lot of people what in her corner. That? Yeah, that's a big accomplishment. Won't take that away. Uh, don't know if it should have been her, but I mean, she did it. Um, it should have been her. You know that. <laughs> like they're like they have two women star. They have two women stars, and like, yeah, she's not one of them. Yeah. Um, so, like, based on you know what she's done, <sighs> I am gonna go C minus because we immediately saw the quality in both championships dip when she held them. Uh, as far as the matches on pay per view, they fucked it up with cheap finishes on pay per view. They. Immediately, when I thought of the Raw Women's Title in 2016, this was this belt headlined a pay per view uh, with Sasha and Charlotte. We're nowhere near that level with, on Alexa Bliss's watch, and we will not reach that level right. as long as she's holding it. Think of it like this: So I was listening to Chad's. Uh, he did a top ten of the top uh, ten like wrestlers in the company. Yeah, uh, over the last uh, main main roster people of the last uh, calendar or last twelve months, right? And Charlotte, I think she came. She came where right she came somewhere at the end of the of the uh, of the um, of like the bottom of the list. And um, he was explaining like, yeah, like she has been in some so many crucial moments uh, for as far as women's history of WWE already. Like first main, like she main event in a pay per view. She main event. She's main event in a raw a number of times already. She's um, like she's been in like what two of the three most important matches in women's in women's in legitimate women's history for wrestling in WWE. That triple threat at uh, WrestleMania when they got rid of the Divas title yeah. and she won the first women's title. That would seem like a big moment. I would say, or for me, it would be the Bailey Sasha match at Brooklyn, the Triple Threat at WrestleMania, which was the best match on the card, and also like the unofficial main event. Like, if you want to turn it off after that after that match, <laughs> you are more than welcome to. And then, um, and then after that, I would say uh, the Helen, the woman's Helen the Cell between her and and Sasha. So for me, I like, I like the Raw matches. No, no, no. I'm saying as far as, like, historically significant matches for, for legitimate women's history, like, for in the company. Like, I would say those are probably the three biggest matches. I can't think of anything else that would, that would top that. Didn't her and <clears throat> Sasha headline Raw for the, they're only the second they, time yeah, that they ever had, headlined? They had yeah, some but she, Raw they, yeah, as but yeah, championship matches yeah. on Raw. Yeah, but my, my point is that she's done that, like, she's done that a number of times now. Um, yeah. The, the first time felt important. Yeah, yeah, very, very. But I, I would say those two are would be higher ranked on that list. Um, okay. Anyway, like she didn't hold the belt. Her like so. Well, talk about this this the Charlotte thing. You have to also talk about the Sasha thing, which is that like those two are like all, are already like the two most important women in the history of the company, almost like, as far as wrestlers. Like not Trish, not Sable, not China. Not Lundra Blaze, like those three, those two. So what about Mula? She held the title for forty years indefinitely. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so like for those two, like for Charlotte, 
And so for for those two to be here in this era at this time, still, you know, and we just we were only like months removed from this. For Alexa to be the first person to have both titles is like mind blowing, mind blowing. Right. It, it's it's you know, it's almost like having CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, and John Cena on your roster, and then you make Randy Orton the champion. It's all, it's, it's kind of like that. That's, That's funny. Like, what are you doing? Like, but anyway, or well, I, I won't say gender because she's way better than gender. But um, like I would say she's been she's been fine and been and been good and been bad, been better on the mic than in the ring. Shocker. Um, all all kind of just there, not not good, not bad, just there. So C. Yeah, I'd go like C plus. The only reason I'd really say C plus is just because. She did win both titles, and she's been pretty consistent. I mean, she's not great. She's not good. I mean, she's just good, I guess. But uh, yeah. my thing is, they made they made her they booked her. I say C because they booked her to make her look so weak. Like she she is woman Seth Rollins. Yeah, like but that's how like they, she just imagined utterly beatable looking. Like she looks so beatable at any point. But if, if you're a heel in WWE, you're either a uh, coward heel or you're. Um, Monster heel, and that's pretty much it. There's not very much in between. Well, you could be AJ Styles, but you know. <laughs> oh man, um, let's see who else we got on this list. Uh, that was there. Let's talk about. I mean, you got the revival, and you got the Hardys. Oh yeah, let's talk about the Hardys. <sighs> the nostalgia run is getting long in the tooth. Um, they were never really able to get the uh, whole broken thing figured out, and but they're woken. Now. Yeah, they're woken. That's really <laughs> bad. Um, this is a D for me. Um, I thought they had solid matches, but when they came back at WrestleMania, it was like, wow, we just got two superstars to add to the roster, like superstars. Now they're just guys, right? Um, I, I have a hard time judging this because one, I don't even think about these guys when I when I brought this up. But like, I have a hard time judging them because we clearly know what they came to the roster to do, and they haven't been allowed, and they legally have not been allowed to do it because, like, the place they used to work at has fucked them over. So, right. I, I don't know, like. It's kind of like, yeah, they're getting along too by doing their old stuff. And it's like, well, when they signed, they thought they were going, they weren't going to be doing their old stuff. Like, right? They, they kind of, yeah. Like, I kind of find it hard to. I, I, I would say, like, I like them being back. So, I like them being back too. I would say, I, I would say C because, like, I, I've liked, I've liked the fact that they're back, and I, I know that, like, if worst comes to worst, they can always go single and make Jeff a star if they never get the whole broke thing off the ground I would say C plus Jeff Hardy is really that. old he does yeah he, he has to keep the shirt on they're still so over though it doesn't really matter like yeah they haven't progressed into the new territory we wanted them to but they don't need the belts if anything the main reason aside from the broken controversy why I don't think that their run has been that hot is just because they killed the tag team divisions right when they got there now there's no division. It's just them and Cesaro and Sheamus. If if they actually had someone to feud with, maybe we wouldn't be so down on them because I I don't think that their old stuff is that bad. 
people still care. There's a whole new crowd that doesn't really know the Hardys that well, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's not. This hasn't. This hasn't been uh, the failure that the Dud- that the Dudleys run was. Ooh, not even close. Like if, we're, not, if we're going to grade on the Dudley scale, they they would be A pluses. Right. So I would say it's been pretty good. And if they can figure out this broken thing, it'll probably get better. I don't see it getting worse. I don't see them. Uh, uh, failing on the main roster i mean people want them to be there so i i would say c plus yeah. and hopefully it gets better from there and i would also say that like the revival being hurt this whole entire time since since being up has screwed them too they never had that, yeah, second, that second team to uh bounce off of after the the title feud was over yeah but Maybe they didn't um, kill all the tag teams <laughs> how well they're just too they're just spread too thin on tag teams like they just like you can't have eight tag teams and split them amongst and split the division amongst like two and put half on one show, half on the other, and expect people like to get over, like unless it's just literally the the top the the one angle on each show. Like you just can't do it. Like we've learned this um, with you know the women on Raw right now. Like since they did the brands or since they did the the switcheroos on the roster, where it's like okay, we have Bailey, we have Sasha, we have Nia, and we have. Um, the champion Alexa and everybody else is a geek. geek Wait, are you week. saying that maybe they shouldn't have split the brands up? Oh, yeah. No, that's a crazy I'm, thought. No, 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 no. I'm okay with the brand split, but they should have decided that one side has all tag teams, one side has only women, and should, they should have done it from, from that perspective. That's where they messed up. No, yeah. what they should have done is just never done an official brand split. And if you just want to feature guys on one show, feature them on that show, and then just let them jump when they're ready. Because if you're if they're gonna do shakeups twice a year or whatever it is, there's no point. This whole this whole brand split's been a failure. It sucks. And yeah, it's destroyed two of their more promising divisions in the freaking women's and tag teams. Killed them. Um, let's talk about two more guys. Um, let's start with the Drifter. Uh, the Drifter came in just after WrestleMania, walked around, played his guitar. He is being blown by the announcers at a level that I haven't seen in a long time, maybe since uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, <laughs> but they, um, you know, for what he does, he definitely gets booed out of the gym. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like he's a solid mid-card guy. He's not an abysmal wrestler at all. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him a C just because he hasn't really had an official like program to get onto a pay-per-view yet. Uh, and yeah. therefore, like, I don't want to, you know, give him a D or he, like, he hasn't failed yet. So, um, I, I think he's just been okay. And he's a, a, a new addition, a new character to add to Rob. Like any of those guys that are in the main event can drop down and fight him. And it's, it would be legitimate, like if Roman Reigns like ended up fighting him later this year on pay per view or something. Do you guys remember I'm gi- Skinner? I'm gi- no, I'm giving a D. Like, the dude comes out and he does the same promo every single week. The promo's not particularly good. Um, it's not particularly creative. He also is not that talented at it. Like he can't, he can't play guitar and sing at the same time. Like he plays, a, <laughs> like he he riffs one chord, sings, riffs to the next, goes to the next beat of the of the of the rhythm, 
and then strums the next chord. Like, he's not, well, yeah, bro, nah, I'm good. Like, and also, the fact that, like, we've had the drift, we've had Elias Sampson, the drifter, on TV for how many, for six, or whatever you want to call him, uh, <laughs> since WrestleMania, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. He was walk- yeah. Yeah, since WrestleMania, cause he was doing, he wasn't, he wasn't, like, doing sex, but he was walking around back and, you know, causing, causing people to, to lose interest in matches while, while, um, while he's walking around uh, the stadium, mm-hmm. the arena, so he's been around for this long, and like we have yet to see him have any interaction with Dean Ambrose, to my knowledge, and that's bullshit. No, nah, they wrestled. <laughs> they wrestled. Oh, they have. Yeah, they wrestled. Okay, I gave him. A, all right, I give him a C then. Never mind. That's what I, I'm, 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 I'm like, hey, bro, you like you you gonna acknowledge it? Like, I need to see that acknowledge the elephant in the room. This is yeah. bullshit. Like, you gonna have a? You already had a drifter on your roster. He needs to be out here. You have a dude as gimmick as it being a drifter when you had a world champion be a drifter this a year ago. I, oh, I need man. I need somebody to, to talk to me this. about gimmick. Infr- yeah, I need gimmick infringement. Like, this is ridiculous. Yeah, he reminds me of Skinner from back yeah. in the '90s, bro. Wow. Skinner. I saw him wrestle against Imagine Owen Hart Skinner. at WrestleMania 8. Yeah, he wrestled, uh, I think, Bret Hart on like Saturday Night's main event one time in a title defense when he was doing that whole fighting champion gimmick. Yep. But anyways, Bret Hart was point, literally uh, beating bums, bro. Like, he wrestled like six <laughs> butt luck, bro. He defended the belt against like Virgil or some shit like that. <laughs> I remember him defending the title against like Haku. Or no, not Haku. Papa uh, Shango. Rikishi. Yeah, he defended the title against Papa Shango. He defended the title against uh, Rikishi when he was uh, Fatu. Yep. Defended the title against Fatu. But, anyways, um, I'd say B, only for this reason. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a compelling, you know, program. But every time he's on TV, he gets heat, and almost nobody gets heat in WWE. And what? Nah, man. There's lots of heat. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying that almost nobody in the company gets heat? Well, well, okay. You guys watch the program more than I do, so if you correct me, that's fine. But I would say a lot of the heels who are supposed to be getting hate Bliss get, gets heat. Uh, Alexa Bliss gets heat. Your boy, your boy gets heat. Um. The dudes are doing the same parallel gimmick except with singing. And English gets heat every single week. The Canalysis get heat for kissing each okay. other and making love because we're all assholes. Because how dare we? Uh, how dare we uh, have to sit through people being uh, happy in life? Yeah, man. Fuck all that shit. Plenty of guys. There's plenty of guys that get heat. This company yeah, has but- too much heat. We're overran with heat. We have right. fucking finishes up and right. We don't get clean finishes and go good moments because there's constantly heat. And guys turning heel. We're and, melting. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we're going to melt. It's like we're, we're hitting a rocket ship towards the sun. Heat. You're right. <laughs> there's there's a lot of heat, but there's very few characters that are genuinely disliked. I understand what you're saying. All those guys get booed, but at the same time, you like with Miz, for instance, people like the Miz, even though he gets booed. Yeah, Aiden English gets booed, but at the same time, like, all I'm saying is that they've established a character that he's a I solid. I'm saying, a, are, are they actually getting real heat, or are they just getting booed because the they're company. wasting time? Okay. No, are they, are they getting booed because they're wasting time? Because for me, like, you say somebody got heat, all right, go out there and do what Roman Reigns did, and I have the money right after WrestleMania, you sit there and pretend like you want to talk for like five minutes and then say one word and walk off. That's heat. <laughs> just sit there, sit there and don't do shit. Like you want, like 
CM Punk did that when he uh, when he came back with Heyman after he turned on Rock at uh, Russell at Raw 1000. Yep. He would come out there for a promo, go towards the end of a break, towards the end of a segment, come out, sit there, and hold the belt over his head uh, for like two minutes, and then come back from commercial break, and he's still holding it over his head, and then come back down. That's heat. All you're doing is wasting time. Okay, this is just my point. Okay, he's a character. He's a character that's been established. It's going to be a solid mid card character whether where he goes from here we don't really know but i don't see this as being a failure so far yeah they haven't given him a chance they haven't given him enough chance they haven't given him enough chance to really fail yet but for everything they've given him he's been successful at i wouldn't say that i would say on a roster with a got a, a lot of guys that don't have gimmicks at all they're just guys the drifter at least stands out you know what i mean like i'm not saying i love the guy but for what he is I'd say B. I'm not saying like he's great, but on the drifter on that curve that you guys talked about, <laughs> I'd say B. All right, man. Let's talk about Nakamura. Uh, last guy we want to talk about that. We want to talk about Okada Omega three. Um, We're not going to talk about Mike Canellas. Nah, man. Fuck, fuck Mike Canellas, man. <laughs> um, hey, how dare, hey, man. How dare you? How dare you talk down on love? What's wrong with you? Hey, man. Ain't no I come here to see them. Um, nihilistic asshole. Yeah. Um, let's see. Shinsuke Nakamura, the number one contender for the WWE Championship, just defeated John Cena. Up until a couple weeks ago, I think people were calling what WWE was doing with him an absolute disaster. Um, Absolutely. So they went from zero to 100 real quick um, <laughs> to steal his Drake line. But... Um, it's weird with with Nakamura because like first time I ever saw the guy wrestle, I was absolutely blown away. Never heard him talk anything. It just translated immediately. Like Wrestle Kingdom nine, first match, Kota Ibushi, five stars. Same thing pretty much when he he comes in and fights Sami Zayn. He's never been at that level since to me. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give him a C plus um, from how they've handled him. When he walked out the night after WrestleMania on SmackDown, excuse me, two days after WrestleMania, he was over at a godly level, like only maybe Daniel Bryan has been recently, and he's still fairly over, but there was a long lull of them, like they clearly protect him, like, and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing, but they keep him off of, you know, from being television stale. Like, they don't let him fight every week. They they pretty much... I, I think he's literally, like, this era's Undertaker on SmackDown. Okay, I was going to say, because you know the new Undertaker right now is Braun Strowman, right? <laughs> you mean Undertaker not, 1992? No. Well, I wanted to talk about I'm just going to make general, like, he's an attraction guy that gets to do a lot of cool stuff, and he's gigantic. Hmm. And like, yes. and it like, and he, and like, and, and in his matches, he, and in his matches, he basically like takes over most of the offense. So I mean, so honestly, you could say that's any version of Undertaker, like before, like before two thousand four. So uh, who else becomes like the Undertaker? <laughs> if under- that man's like poor man's American badass. Um... No, yeah. no, no. Think about it. 
prior to 1996, The Undertaker was awful. Yeah, he yes. had a great character, but his matches suck. Yes, before his 96. Matches su- his matches suck because he was because uh, he had a gimmick where he had to actually like no sell everything, and he was fighting monsters. Like his whole gimmick, his whole gimmick is like, he, okay. So am, I, I thought about this the other day. Undertaker came in and pretty much replaced Andre as the as the phenomenal seventh person, seventh wonder of the world. Yeah, box office draw. Like instead we're of seventh wonder of the world or eighth or whatever it's called, he's basically the phenom, and he's fighting. He's basically everything matches like these monster matches, where it's like is what is like tune in this month to see Godzilla fight Mothra. Turn in this turn, tune in next month to see Godzilla fight. Uh, metal Godzilla or metallic Godzilla like that's the thing like turn in the week after that to see Godzilla fight King Kong that's what that was his whole gimmick now Braun but it, I, I don't know how we got on the Braun, Undertaker from Braun to um, Nakamura or sorry but like yeah I think I'll probably say C plus like I think it's uneven at the start like he should have been more dominant against uh, lesser competition or, no he should have been more dominant against Ziggler to start off but Absolutely, um, but given from he was protected in the beginning, the onset, and if you start from um, money and not money to make uh, battleground to where we are now, is it's been short order. It's only been like what six weeks or something like no, or weeks, or just over a month. But like they have, they protected him very well, and when it's time for him to ascend to a certain level. He was pretty much already there because he was protected. Like like Rich likes to say, he already had insurance. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, all it took for him to be like, that dude's legitimate and star was, he comes out against Cena and he's getting, you know, let's go Cena Nakamura chance, and then he's able to dump Cena on his head and put a knee through his forehead. <laughs> and, Kill him. And, 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 yeah, so, like, for me, he, I would he say... He learned a lesson from uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot. Look, yeah, shoot. So, for me... I would say, this is. I would say, yeah. See, like it could have been better, absolutely. Um, but they, but at no point did I think they were completely failing him. At no point, I thought like they were protecting him pretty well. It's just they just he wasn't as dominant in matches as he should have been. So I would say, I, I'm gonna say C C plus. I would go closer to like C minus to a D plus. Granted, I haven't watched as much of the program lately as you guys have. But from what I've been trying to tune in and catch everything Nakamura does, and yeah, in the past couple weeks they turned, you know, they turned him up. But what has he done since he's been back? That's been compelling. Two things: he wrestled Cena, and he had that moment with AJ during Money in the Bank. And yeah, oh, and I guess when he debuted on TV, that's really it. Yeah, they protected him, but they didn't do anything with him. And if we're as critical of Jinder's entire push I would be ju- I have to be just as critical of the way they treated Nakamura since he's been there yeah they treat him like a big deal but they didn't do anything with right. him like he didn't do anything to to get into that title match with uh, Cena it, it's just the fact that his, his assurance I don't even think his assurance was that they protected him his assurance was he's well, Nakamura and he's over this is, this is what I would say how they booked him this is what I would say would be the reason that he deserved to be in a, in a contendership match was he beat the Money in the Bank winner, and he beat okay. him twice. Like he beat, like he beat him. I'm oh, sorry, uh, he won a match via DQ, and then he shows up two days later 
and he beats the living hell out of the dude as the number one, as the de facto at any point in time number one contender. So he deserved a, t- a, a shot to be a content- number one contender, and then like he beats the hell out of Cena. So this is where we are now. Because if you look yeah. at the setup, like Cena was just about to declare himself the number one contender, just out of nowhere. Yeah. So just like he did at the be- at the end of uh, at the beginning of last of this year when he was like, "Yep, I'm gonna come. I'm coming back. It's time for my title shot." Yeah, I just like I like to think of it in terms of like if I was a little kid still and I was watching wrestling, I would literally be wondering why all these people liked Nakamura so much. I'd be like, "There's something about this guy because everyone seems to like him." But if well, I had no knowledge of who he was, just based on what he's done in WWE, I'd be like, "I don't really." They haven't done it, anything with him yet. Right? Now, they haven't explained it. Nakamura, so it's, but well, maybe maybe it's yeah. better that they haven't explained it because you know they will do something like try to over explain it and fuck it all up. Like <laughs> yeah, like Demon King. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's the, exactly. Exactly. I mean, here's like the thing: that. if you were a kid, right? But I mean, also at the same time, you have the knowledge of like, like the kid perspective is one thing because like when I was a kid and they were doing the whole like lead up to countdown to the millennium thing. Like, as a kid, like, I had no idea that was going to be Jericho that showed up. But you go right. back and look, but you go back and look at, like, the like the setup and rocks out there, and you also you see Jericho signs in, in in Chicago, and you're like, holy crap, people knew because they were reading dirt sheets or whatever, or what have you. Like, I mean, it would have been a still, I mean, some people were already hot for Jericho to show up, but, like, just because I didn't know doesn't really, you know, but, but I get your thing. point. Like, but this Jericho is what I will say. They're not Jericho exactly... Huh? Jericho wasn't hot. The thing is, is like Jericho in WCW was not really hot. He was a, he was held down. What made him hot was the way that WWE treated him when they brought him in. He was bigger in two minutes of talking with The Rock than he was in his entire wrestling career in like four or five years wrestling in WCW. So I see you what you're saying. So? I, Absolutely. You think so? Like, even when he was trying to start a feud with Goldberg and all that stuff, and when he was out here doing, like, the Stinko Malenko stuff, or, or like, he was collecting, like, uh, uh, luchador trophies. That stuff uh, was classic. That stuff was classic, but it's not like it was what was drawing viewers or that, like, it was WCW. They didn't really care that much. Like, the WCW fans cared more about, like, Sting and the, the NWO than they did about, like, yeah, the Wolfpack, like, I get what you're saying. Like, yeah, that stuff was classic, but it was li- it was cruiserweight stuff, and cruiserweight stuff was still seen as cruiserweight stuff. When he came in and interacted with The Rock, I was like, "Wow, he's a main eventer." Whole- he's a main eventer. They turned him into a main eventer in a few minutes, and he never was in WCW at any point. Wasn't close. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. But whose fault is that? That's more. That's more. That's more WC. That's more to speak towards WCW's ineptitude than to say that like. Vince Man's a genius to decide to put like po- quite possibly the greatest wrestler of the last twenty five years like in a in a top spot like that's not you know what I'm saying like that's kind of I'm not really from a critical perspective at least like that's not really to be like yeah Vince is a genius and go out here and look on TV and be like yeah that guy that's on the undercard on WCW is doing great stuff almost always maybe we should hire him like I, I mean yeah. I'm not I'm not saying Vince have a, a, a vision because someone has to cut those checks. And couldn't make those calls and had those meetings to get somebody like that over, but over to uh, the over to their company. But like, yeah, like the whole Jericho thing is like. But at that point, it had nothing to. What it had to do with was signing anyone from WCW. At that point, 
was a big deal. When Paul White came in as the, you know, the big show, or when uh, the Radicals came in, or Jericho, they treated it, even though none of them were as big in WCW as they ended up being when they debuted in WWE, they made a spectacle of it because it wasn't about how good the talent was. It was about, hey, we got your guy, and we're going to do something with him. And that was what it was about. So that from that standpoint, that's why they treated those guys like such big deals when they came in. It's just because it was just to show up WCW at that point because the war was still going on. Yeah. Outside, now, no one is safe. And now you look at, and now you look at WrestleMania, uh, like WrestleMania season every year, and now WrestleMania season now every single like January, every single spring. WWE looks like WCW during the spring now, yep. pretty much. Yep. Oh, we got to get these guys from the bygone era over oh, and put them over and put them in the higher slots than these guys that are working that are twenty nine and under that are working their way to the top. Like there's a glass ceiling for you guys. Yeah, man. Well, let's yeah. talk about I mean, a place that there is. Let, let's take let's let's <laughs> let's talk about a place that there isn't a glass ceiling. New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Okada Omega Three will be happening Saturday morning, probably around eight a.m. Uh, so wake y'all asses up and tune in to see the seven star match we're about to see. Josh, <laughs> give us the rundown. Okay, uh, I didn't prepare anything. I wish I would have. Uh, so. Okada's the best wrestler in the world, and Omega is 1B. And the two best wrestlers in the world are going to wrestle in what is the de facto biggest match of the G1 Climax, aside from the finals. But it's going to be the match that decides what are their B block. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so it's going to decide the B block winner. At this point, um, it's been very difficult to keep up with the G1 for me, like, with... Uh, I, I need to go back and rewatch. I, I was caught up at one point, but I, I'm not there. But uh, I have been looking at the standings, and at this point, the winner of this match is going to be going to the finals. Yep. And you know, for we've all covered how great you know their first two matches were. Uh, it is not hyperbole to say that this is their feud is redefining the level of quality wrestling breaking in the history of wrestling. Like, yeah. yeah, they're breaking the scale. They broke the scale. And that's not hyperbole. Like, it literally is two of the greatest matches ever, if not the two greatest matches that have ever occurred in the history of the sport. And my my big thing, personally, when they did the second match, I did not expect them to go to an hour-long draw. What I was hoping, personally, was, okay, we watched the 45-minute match, and it felt like it was a 20-minute match, and when you got done with that, you're like, that was a 45-minute match? How is that possible? Mm-hmm. I was hoping that they would do a sprint. Instead of going at full hour, I was like, man, I hope they just go balls to the wall for 20 minutes. I hope we get everything just jam-packed into a quick match. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. We did get an incredible match. I thought the first match was better still personally. But now that there's a 30-minute time limit, with the type of work rate that those guys have had for an hour and 45 minutes, I can't imagine – on any level that these guys won't go at an even faster rate and at an even more dangerous rate, especially with the idea that, okay, the title's not on the line now, so Omega could beat Okada, and if he hits that one-winged angel... Bro, we're gonna all going to lose our minds. They're going to get six and a half uh, stars. 
Like, this match is going to be... I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to go 30 minutes and then someone else will go to the finals off of that like they did with... Uh, yeah, I don't Kana think Hashi they're doing that. Last year. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't that's think in play. Um, I do wonder, though, you know, is Omega going to the finals? And if so, is he winning the G1 Climax? Like, probably not. Like I assume Naito is probably... Huh? Like, back-to-back? Back? That would be, like, crazy. Naito's going to win. I think Naito's going to the finals. I think we're going to get an Omega Naito. That's my prediction. Uh, although, I'm, there's that part of me. It's like, yeah, Okada lost to Evil, but is he really going to lose to Omega in the trilogy? And so, it, it's... Well, here's, here's the thing. I, I, someone explained it to me like this. Because, you know, like, pre no Evil at one point, like, soon is going to get another... Is going to get a title shot, right? Yeah. So... Because he because he beat Okada in um in the in during the block match, so you imagine that what they do is Okada or Mega finally you know he may he's been making progress like he took an L in the, in in January and then at Dominion he takes uh he gets a a, a Broadway six minute Broadway so the progression is he gets a a W because the only way he can even get to win uh his block is to beat Okada. So he beats. He finally gets the monkey off his back and finally beats Okada. So that's not true. There's a way that he could, uh, uh, if hypothetically, he gets one point. No, Okada's incredible. Okada? No, 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 no. Okada uh, yeah, has a right. point right. advantage. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. So, so, so they would tie, and then he would have. If they tie, then if he wins, they tie, and because he beat him, then he, he has a tiebreaker. Yes, the only way he can win is, is via a tie. Yes. Or via W. So, um, I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Josh. Um, so you're talking about <laughs> evil, yeah. and then yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, right. So like the whole thing is like you you know that like on the lead up to um, Russell uh, Russell Kingdom twelve, um, twelve. What the hell am I talking? About? It's gonna be twelve, right? Yeah. Okay. This is gonna be right, twelve whatever. coming up. Right. Okay. On the road to WrestleMania 12, before then, you know he's going to fight in a in a title match, evil because of uh, winning his block. So you imagine the trajectory of he loses uh, of, of Omega loses to Okada at Russell Kingdom tw- uh, 11, then comes to Dominion, goes off, um, he gets a, a a draw with the guy, and then he you know he overcomes Okada and goes to. Oh, and then basically basically beats him and then like he's so spent out and warped out from from overcoming Okada that he can, he has nothing left for for Naito and you set it up to where somewhere down the line before Wrestle Kingdom he gets another he gets you get the fourth match I don't think there's time there's only there's only they usually only do one big card between now and Wrestle yeah, it's Kingdom like King of Pro Wrestling right King of, King of Pro Wrestling and he's if he doesn't win G1, he's definitely not going to wrestle him at Wrestle Kingdom. That's what co- I'm with you because I was me like, and Josh yeah, have been like, trying to figure this out like forever. Like, how the fuck are they going to do? We've been this? trying to figure it out. How are they going to do this? Uh, they're going to they're going to get a fourth match. I mean, the worst case scenario. Listen, the worst case scenario. Like, what was pay per view that uh, that um, the first Suzuki this first uh, Suzuki match was with Okada? That was the new was, beginning. NSS uh, or the new beginning? Yeah. You can do that at New Beginning. What you can do the fourth. Do. You can do the fourth match at New Beginning. They could have them beat them, and then they could have them wrestle at King of Pro Wrestling and just say screw Evil. That's possible. 
Well, they just gave Evil this W. Like they just, yeah. they just they just basically elevated Evil. So why would you sell him to go on the back burner? Especially like knowing that you can do the whole thing where like Evil and Naito are next to each other, and like Naito starts to feel sort of like insecure by the standing, and I'm um, in. You're right. So you know what I mean? Like that's why it's hard. So what makes this match? The long and short of it, what makes this match so great is when you cannot predict who's going to win. Well, we That's all think Naito's going to win, right? right. No, no, no. This I'm not match. talking about Naito. I'm talking right, about this right, right. match. Right. When you just when you can see it going either way, and it's that fifty-fifty split, and you just don't know. Like, That's when wrestling's great. Because like, what if we fuck around and get like Tanahashi versus Okada in the finals? Like, oh, y'all go back to like the greatest long-running rivalry ever in wrestling history? Okay. I mean, what, did, what do we do then? Like, like, what if Okada wins the fucking G1? Like, and we asked that um, originally, and it's like, he he wins the G1. So they, I think that's it. I, I think, I, like, Okada wins the G1, and he's like, and Kenny beats, Kenny loses in the final. Oh, no, you can't do that, because then, like, shit, like, he's got to beat Kenny, but he he's going to have to want to fight Kenny again, because wouldn't it be the he'd champion who, who would choose? He'd have to beat Kenny, and then after he beat Kenny, he'd have to beat Naito or whoever and it is. And then I'm guessing you have, yeah, and I'm guessing you have Naito versus Omega at um, at King of Pro Wrestling to determine who's going to fight at uh, in January fourth. Bingo. They could do they could do something like that. That's possible. I mean, if there's anybody that they're going to have win the G1 as champion, it's definitely Okada because that's their dude. Yeah. So I mean, it, it's tough to say what's really going to happen. Plus, every year. For the past three or four years, the G1 has not gone the way that people think the finals are going to go. Like, what actually ends up happening always comes out of left field. That's It's so hard to predict. Like, last year, like, it was like Omega basically became a star that weekend. I remember telling James, like, bro, Omega's, like, the hottest dude in wrestling now. Like, he's, like, like basically he had a five-star match and a 4.75, like, within fucking 12 hours of each other. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I don't know, man. Like this is it's an interesting situation, but uh, but yeah, whichever uh, way they go with it, it's sure to be interesting. Um, like I said, the last matches is no, they're Naito versus Tanahashi, and then um, Omega versus is, Okada. That's gonna be fantastic too. Yeah, and I think they're gonna have a great match, even though both of those guys are hurt. I mean, if it's anything, people have been telling me ever since I wa- started watching New Japan, Tanahashi's so beat up. He's so, how will he keep going? And he always finds a way. So I'm sure Tanahashi's going to be just fine. Tanahashi's wrestling with the torn bicep, and the Revival are out for like six months with the torn bicep. Right. You tell me who's tougher. <laughs> well, uh, you, look, I'm not going to get into that. All, all, what I will say is like nights or. I would say that the situation between those two aren't really fair. Like one is like, one is like, oh, I'm almost done anyway. So, whatever. Like, but I will right. say, it, it, him, no, you know, by all accounts, the way he's wrestled, like he's played so much into that that like it's been easier nights for him anyway. Mm-hmm. All I know about Tanahashi right now, he may be hurt, he may be old. But he cleaned up that IWGP IC title. That shit that, looks awesome. That's his awesome. greatest legacy. It looks awesome. Did I he clean every, it? Did he clean it or did he just get a new belt? Oh, he cleaned it up. Okay. He repainted it. 
Yeah, he repainted it. Like, he did. It was crazy. He, he there were pictures on Twitter. On Twitter. It was yeah, awesome. yeah, it was awesome. But um, yeah, that's that's. Yeah, we'll be uh, covering the G one. We're going to be back on Sunday uh, with Mike Sempervivi uh, of Wrestling Observer Live. Uh, he's going to be joining me and James on One Nation Live to pretty much do like a SummerSlam preview and get his thoughts on a bunch of random shit as much as we can talk to him. Um, you guys want to add anything in before we get up out of here? And I'll come back to myself after. James. I don't have anything. Oh, I ha- oh actually I do. I take that back. I'm sorry. Um, if something hap- if something in particular happens on Monday, there will be a certain result, and that certain result will drive me into a blinding, dizzying, uh, nauseating rage, which will be, uh, I guess, brought forth in rant format um, for the next edition of of One Nation Radio. So I guess be what? on the lookout. I guess be on the lookout for something terrible to fucking happen so that you can hear this rant. What what is it? I don't want to say it because I, I because uh there are those out there that believe that if you speak things to existence they will happen. So I'm taking <laughs> so I am taking uh the the reverse route and not saying it so hopefully I don't get fucked because I have bad luck. Mm. I'm gonna predict I'm gonna I, I'm I, gonna predict that he's uh doesn't want Nia Jax to beat Alexa Bliss or excuse me, beat Sasha Banks. So, Josh. <laughs> and I am hoping that we get this run in from John Jones at the WW or during the uh, the Universal <laughs> Title match that he cost Brock Lesnar the title, setting up the uh, UFC title fight. Oh or not my title gosh. fight, but the UFC super fight. Oh my gosh. <sighs> I, hope we get, I hope we get John Jones coming in there and you know, doing a rock bottom or something of that nature. Yeah, come in with there with that kick that he knocked Cormier out out with. <laughs> oh lord. Um. Yeah. So. Um, I don't. No, I don't. Even, I don't even want to see the kick. What I what I want replicated is like is Cormier running for his life away from away from Jones trying to stay alive. Um. Make sure you guys check out uh, socialsuplex.com. Jeremy just dropped the 10th edition of the G1 Fantasy uh, joint. Uh, David Finishow actually just finished up his SummerSlam countdown. Uh, he's going to be joining us on One Nation Live the week or the day of SummerSlam to do a tournament-style bracket along with Chad Matthews. I should probably uh, hit Chad up and say, hey, that's coming up, just as a reminder. Um you guys, you guys are going to do a podcast that day, and then also watch a six-hour wrestling show, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, nice. at, at this rate, we're conditioned to it. I would say it's like it's like WrestleMania weekend. Oh my gosh, there was so much. Um, but yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap up the show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I also dropped a, a column why we why do we watch wrestling when it makes us angry? I think you guys should check it out. Uh, but that's gonna wrap it up. Peace. Later. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.